1: Jerry Agar in for John Moore for another 12 minutes or so. He's back in place tomorrow morning. Joining me on the panel, Sonia Richard employment lawyer at Workley Law, Queen's Park Bureau Chief at the Toronto Star, Robert Benzie, and the host of the podcast, Last Call with Richard Krause, Richard Kraus, Morning to you all. Richard. Good morning. You're the Early entertainment guy. Let's start with, uh, what's your first thought on Gordon Lightfoot?
2: Yeah, you know, I've been looking through uh, some old files here because I went to gordon lifewood's house uh, just before lockdown happened so about three years ago uh, and sat down shot a long interview with him that we used uh, on my television show pop life and uh, you know he is someone who has just been kind of the voice of canada ever since i was a kid and i think when i was a kid i was too young and stupid to really understand how great the songs were. And it wasn't until years later that the poignancy of songs like Sundown and, and, you know, that's what you get for loving me, uh, really started to, to dig into me, get its hooks into me. And I think that his gift was that he could take you wherever he wanted you to go in his songs with such great specificity that it almost felt like you were living inside the songs inside the world of his melodies and lyrics and that incredible voice and it just created a world that is unique Uh, Bob Dylan called him a mentor and said he was one of the best songwriters ever. And listening to the music this morning, it's hard to disagree.
1: Sure. And I'm glad that you mentioned that song, That's What You Get For Loving Me, because he was very confessional um, Mm -hmm. and and also hardcore. I mean, that song, if you really listen to it, it's like, hey, sorry about that, babe. It didn't work out. But hey, that's what you get for loving me. I mean, that's kind of the message, isn't it? Well, it is. And
2: and he said in later life, he said he regretted kind of writing that song because it was so dismissive um, of, you know, the the relationship and how poorly he'd behaved in that relationship. It's based on a true story. Yeah. Um, but no one could write a line like him. I mean, when you think of uh, the line from Sundown, sometimes I think it's a sin when I feel like I'm winning when I'm losing again. I just uh, that'll get your that'll get a hook in you and stay with you if you really uh give it some thought it's melancholy and beautiful and just so wonderfully written
1: scenario you too young for this is this just old guys talking
3: well um gordon lightfoot is certainly uh, i think before my generation Jared, but you know we've talked a lot about music i know you're a huge music fan of course and i love all of the you know the like singing shows like American Idol. I'm a huge fan of American Idol. And one thing about American Idol and other shows is that, you know, you hear wonderful covers and it can often take you to the past. And Gordon Lightfoot is like one of those, of course, iconic artists that, you know, uh, shows like this really takes people of a new generation back to the past. And I, I think I probably heard for the first time um, some of Gordon Lightfoot songs like on, uh, on some of these shows, like, uh, you, you know, you're you're always on my mind. Like hearing s- songs like that, um, so tortured, as Richard put it, so beautiful. Uh, I, I mean, and reading some of his biography and hearing how autobiographical uh, autobiographical his songs were. I mean, it's it's truly a loss for Canada. I, I love to see over Twitter just how many people are 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 sharing their thoughts about his passing because he truly unified sort of the 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 cultural scene in Canada for decades.
1: Yeah, um, and Robert Benzie, I know that, you, you know, you're the Queen's Park Bureau Chief at the Toronto Star, but politics, politics crank out a couple of Lightfoot columns.
0: Well, you know, I i, I mean, it, when my wife said to me last night, said Gordon Lightfoot has died, I was—I thought, oh, my God, that I was really jolted by that, even though he'd been frail and was, you know, 84, but he, and he'd been frail. And remember, there was a few years ago, there were the reports that he had already died, and he said, mm-hmm. no, I'm very much alive. And and, but I'm still sh- shocked by it because he has been such a huge presence. In this country, uh, in this country's uh, uh, popular culture, for my whole life. I mean, uh, when my when my parents we moved here into in Canada in 1971, uh, my parents embraced you know Gordon Lightfoot like like as you know the new their new country's soundtrack, and it's a soundtrack of my childhood. I can still see those records leaning up on the on the on the hi fi, uh, you know, when my parents fi. playing you know Sundown or and 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 it, it, you know Ballad of the uh, the Wreck of the Edmunds. Fitzgerald and things like that, like those are those are such Canadian songs that will live forever uh, in this in this country's uh, life, and I think that's a that's a, a great tribute. And it just every, I mean, you've done a great show this morning, Jerry, playing his music and 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 John's uh, obituary of him and Tom's recollections of him at the Cambridge Club. Just just really shows you how big this man was in in our lives.
2: Yeah. I've got one, a bit of audio that I'm editing right now, and I'll put it up on my Twitter feed, at Richard Krause, uh, just after uh, nine o'clock. And it's Jim Cuddy from Blue Rodeo talking about the night of the three gourds at Massey Hall. Blue Rodeo were playing, and backstage were Gordon Lightfoot, Gordon Pinson, and Gordon Downey. And it's a great story. So uh, I'll put that up shortly for everyone to listen to.
1: All right, that's from Richard Krause. Now uh, switching gears here for a moment, and I'll start with you, Sinira, on this because I know you have an electric vehicle. Um, Pat Foran had a great report on CTV News about a couple who got an electric vehicle that was advertised to go 340 kilometers, a Volvo, um, before it needed a charge. And Uh, his wife needs to go 100 kilometers in each direction, 200 kilometers for a work day. And she's barely making it home. They're getting about 60% of the mileage they were promised. How do you, as an EV owner, react to this?
3: So I've been an EV owner, Jerry, as you know, since, um, the end of 2020. And this is absolutely accurate. What you see on TV about the range, um, of, of electric vehicles, it's, it's going to, you know, that, that'll probably be if you're cruising that 30 or 40 kilometers in city driving, um, max, I think if you are getting onto a highway, you are probably just halving your like, it's, if you're at a 500 range you're maybe going to get 250 kilometers out of, you know, a charge. And so, you know, when we, as an example, if we go to, we often drive out to Gatineau as an example, just across, you know, the bridge from. Ottawa, it's about a 440 kilometre Drive Jerry, and we often have to charge once or twice on the way, and so it is a lifestyle choice, that's yeah. for sure. And that uh, it's absolutely true that whatever you're seeing in terms of the range um, that's being advertised, it's not going to be that in reality.
1: Well, I remember the day that you were going to come over to my house because you just had River, and I had to meet the baby, and so uh, you you were coming over with the baby, and you texted me and said, "I got to sit at a Kia and charge my car up for a while," and then I'll come um, which
3: uh, oh my gosh it's it, yeah it's an experience anybody who's getting a ride with me i usually always have to add a charge and you know i was in examinations just last week in guelph chair took a junior lawyer with me and on the way back i said oh before we head back to toronto we're going to stop for lunch and i'm going to charge my car and it's just part of the experience but it's it's part of having an ev car
1: it's not part of the experience i
3: want robert
0: yeah, I mean, Jerry, I'm, i you know, my next car, I think, will be electric because it seems to be the way everything's going. But uh, to to Sanira's point, I just look at my iPhone battery. I my I have an iPhone. I don't know what is a twelve, and I and and I got a thing on the other day. It says I need a new battery because it only charges to seventy nine percent. And I thought that if if. If iPhone batteries de- 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 deteriorate after a year or two, I, I imagine car batteries, these massive batteries, are 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 are, are going to be quite similar. So that's going to be the, the range that you, that that's advertised now will be less and less as the car gets older. So I think this is going to be something that engineers and scientists are going to have to tackle if they want us to 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 switch to electric cars they also have to improve the charging infrastructure to the nearest point because right now there just aren't enough charging stations.
1: Yeah, well, Richard, I'm not going to ask you about this because you don't drive, you just Uber from cocktail bar to cocktail bar. So, <laughs> <It's true>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so instead, I'll ask you about the writer's strike. Mm. Yeah, this
2: is, uh, this is serious. I mean, there's a lot of... Um, Uh, aspects to this. AI is one of them, one of the major ones now in terms of uh, the studios uh, not, the Writers Guild does not want the studios using AI to generate ideas and write first drafts and all that kind of thing. Uh, So there's that, but there's also uh, quite frankly, just the the, like there is in all strike situations, uh, the issue of payment. And uh, these days uh, with the streamers really taking over so much production of television shows, You'll have um, a, a series that will run eight episodes and that's it and then maybe get picked up for a second one rarely on the streaming systems does anything go past four seasons whereas in the old days uh, on network television you did 22 episodes 26 episodes a year if it's a talk show you might do 200 episodes a year so you the the amounts of money that the writers uh, have been making has just been plummeting and so the writers guild is, is looking to straighten all that out now whether they'll be successful or not I don't know but we you're in for a long season the, uh, with not a lot of, of new content. The date and deadline to get new material in was today and so if you had a a script you were working on if you got it in today they can still produce that you can't rewrite it you can't change it but you could it could still be filmed Uh, and I've been hearing from a lot of people like Hart Hansen who is a a great television writer Canadian guy lives in LA now written thousands of hours of television who said that he's just missed the deadline it came up too quickly and he has no new material coming foreseeably for the next year or so so the television landscape is going to look a lot different Expect you <laughs> What we're seeing on Netflix right now, uh, which is a lot of shows from places like you know Brazil and Korea and around the world, uh, perhaps dubbed into English and brought in, uh, which don't require writers, but are still quote unquote new content. So it's going to be an interesting time, but I don't think it's going to work out well for the writers, quite frankly.
1: All right. We need to be quick on this one. But with the coronation of Charles this weekend, MPs are now saying that it might be a good idea to scrap the oath to the king and go to an oath to the Canadian people for people. None of us have to do this because we're not politicians and we were born in this country. But Robert Benzie, is it a good idea to make that change?
0: Um, it may be a good idea to make the change eventually, Jerry. I'm not sure this is the time to do it. I, I think uh, this is something that deserves a lot more discussion. Uh, and it has been talked about. It's talked about at Queen's Park as well, of course, because uh, uh, MPPs have to do an oath to the, to the Crown as well. But this is a constitutional monarchy. If we want to be a republic, we have to maybe have that discussion. It can't be just done in a piecemeal fashion.
1: All right. Well, thanks to Richard Krause, Samira Chaudhry, and Robert Benzi, and uh, to John Moore for uh, having me in here as his guest host. He's back tomorrow. Mark Toohey is next on News Talk
2: 1010.
3: The round table. Round one at seven forty five. Round two at eight forty five. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010, Toronto.